I want to talk to you about baptism tonight, and you may be very familiar with baptism, but I want to tell you a few things that maybe you didn't know. There was a man named John the Baptist who was foretold that he would come. And if you read the very last few chapters of the Old Testament, you'll read prophecy about John the Baptist. And he was a very special man because he shouldn't have been born. His parents were too old. They were past the age. His mother was barren. But he was born and he became a man who led the people of Israel and he taught them and he prepared them for Jesus. And he became known as John the Baptizer. And in the New Testament it says that he baptized the whole land. The whole land. And when we begin to about, read about Jesus, John baptized him and God approved of that baptism. And then you go on a little further, and Jesus, when He comes up out of the grave, and He appeared there to the disciples for just a little while, and He told them, I'm going to go back to heaven, and I'm going to send the Holy Ghost to guide you into all truth. And when He went up to heaven, within just a few days, 3,000 people are baptized. Because Peter preached the first gospel sermon, and he said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And now today, lots of people and lots of preachers will tell you baptism's not for remission of sins. And they will say baptism has nothing with you being saved. And preachers say all kinds of different things about baptism. And so tonight I invite you to study with me about baptism. And we're going to compare some of these popular things that are said about baptism with what we find within the pages of the Bible. Baptism is or baptism is not. That's the categories. And if we look at the Scriptures and we think about these things, it's fairly logical and God give us logical minds to think. And I want you to just think about these things that we're going to look at tonight for just a little while. And I want to assess tonight that baptism is not for infants. A lot of religious groups teach that infants should be baptized. Baptism's not for infants. I don't believe it is. Baptism is for those who believe. In the book of Acts chapter 8, beginning of verse 36, as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, If you believe... With all your heart you may. And so one of the criterias of baptism is faith or belief. And infants can't believe. They just can't. They can't reason. They can't think. They can't make judgments about those things. You remember Felix? Paul reasoned with him. Of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. We've got to be able to reason to think about baptism. We've got to be able to think about our life and eternity and understand the gospel plan and the death, burial, and resurrection. In the book of Mark chapter 1 and verse 5, Then all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to Him and were baptized by Him in the river, confessing their sins. Infants can't confess. 
I got a little granddaughter and she's five years old and I've tried real hard to not brag on her every time I've been up here. I think I've done pretty good. We was sitting there looking at her the other night and we was talking and I says, isn't that right? To my little Texie and it sounded for all the world like she said, okay. And I said, that's her first words. You all heard it. Four months old. Very intelligent child. Infants can't confess. They can't reason in that way. They can't feel guilt. They may feel joy. They may be happy that they see you. They can't express that in some way other than a smile on their face. But to be baptized as the way the Bible teaches it and the New Testament teaches, you have to be able to confess to review your life. And that means you have to be able to repent. In the book of Mark chapter 16 verse 15, He said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he that does not believe will be condemned. We've got to go to people who can understand the gospel plan of salvation and understand what they're doing. I want to tell you, as a child, I don't know how many times I baptized my sister. I will tell you, she was a bad sinner. And I baptized her in the swimming pool over and over and over again. And she baptized me because I was a bad sinner. And we had some great church services and sermons in the old swimming pool. And never was a sermon who somebody didn't come forward to be baptized. There there were no sins forgiven. You've got to understand what you're doing. You've got to understand the purpose. My friends, you have to have the ability to repent. Infants can't repent. They don't need to change their direction. And infants are never baptized in the Bible. Never. Only those who can believe, repent, and confess are baptized in the New Testament. It's very reasonable to understand that baptism is for those who can believe. Number two, baptism is not sprinkling or pouring. Baptism is immersion in water. The word baptism from the Thayer's Greek is to dip or dip repeatedly, to immerse, to submerge a vessel sunk, to cleanse by dipping or submerging, to wash, to make clean with water, to wash oneself or bathe, to overwhelm. I studied with a man many years ago in, up in Wheeler County and we were discussing his situation. He had been sprinkled. I said, that's not baptism. He said, yeah, it is. I said, I don't think it is. I said, that's just not what the word baptized means. And we read some different scriptures. He wasn't convinced. I said, you know, I had a dog once and that dog died. And I buried that dog and I said, I left his tail sticking up out of the ground. I said, was he buried? And he said, no. I said, okay. I said, if I sprinkled a little dirt on the dog, would he have been buried? He said, no. 
I said, okay. You know, he called me three days later and he said, I need to be baptized. I said, yes, you do. Because there's a difference in sprinkling and submerging. Acts chapter 8, verse 38, He commanded the chariot to stand still. Both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water. And he baptized him. He submerged him. He completely covered him, you see. And any reasonable person can grasp the meaning from what we read in this chapter. I don't care what passage you use or what version you use, rather. I don't care if you read that from any kind of version. We get the sense. He covered him in the water. He put him completely under. In the book of Matthew chapter 3, verse 16, speaking of Jesus... When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. Because he had been down in the water. There would be no sense of that if he had just had a little water sprinkled on him. Or a little water poured on him. Because baptism's not pouring. New Testament baptism is to submerge and to do that completely. In fact, in the pages of the New Testament, no one is ever sprinkled or poured with water. Only immersed. It's the only proper way to baptize. Number three, baptism's not a bath. It's not a bath. It's the washing away of sins. In the book of 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21, he says, There is also an antitype which now saves us. Baptism. Not the removal of the filth of the flesh. We are not physically dirty and need forgiveness for being physically dirty. We, sin stains us. It stains our spirit. Sin stains our hearts. It stains the soul. And that's what needs cleansed. We need sin washed out of our life, out of our soul, not our flesh. Baptism doesn't remove the filth of the flesh. It removes the stains of the soul. In Mark chapter 7, verse 3, the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands in a special way, holding the tradition of the elders. There are people who believe in hand washing. I've kind of become a believer in it. I read not too long ago when COVID got started, you need to wash your hands every 15 minutes. And I'm going to tell you, I washed my hands and washed my hands and washed my hands. They cracked and bled. They were clean. Baptism's not just a bath for the body. It's a change of life. A change from evil to good. A change from lost to saved. A change from dead to alive, much more than a bath. Acts 22, verse 16, Now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Ananias went to Saul, a very evil man, a man whose hands were literally stained with blood. He hated the church. He hated Christians. He tried to destroy it. He persecuted 
He fought against Jesus, and he fought against everything that Jesus stand for. He was an enemy of the church, and his sins were terrible, and the blood of Jesus washed them all away. And I want you to hear me clearly tonight. There is not one thing that you can do that Jesus can't forgive. There is not one sin that you can commit, much less a million sins you can commit, that the blood of Jesus can't wash away. His blood cleanses sin. Not a bath. It's not a bath. It is a washing away of sin. Acts 2 verse 37. When they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Why? Because they were guilty of sin. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Were they asking how they should take a bath? Were they asking what soap they should use? Probably lie. Probably need a brush and scrub yourselves real good. That's absolutely not the meaning. We have a sin problem. What should we do? Repent and be baptized. In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins because that's what baptism's for. It's to wash away sins. It's to cleanse you. It's to kill the old man and give you new life as a new creature. Number four, baptism's not magical water. I remember very vividly the first time I was told that. Uh, Jay, we were in Mississippi with Lindale. And we went and invited this guy to church and he said, you... Church of Christ, yes. He said, you believe that tub? He said, you believe it's magical tub? I was trying to think, what tub? What tub is he talking about? Like a little slow. He's talking about baptistry. You believe that power of that tub? It's not magic water. What kind of water do y'all put in this baptistry? You bring it in from Jordan, Van? Y'all don't ship it in from the Jordan River? Is it city water? Oh my. Do you pray over it, David? You don't? Just water. It don't have to be clean water. It don't have to be warm water. It's got to be wet water. It's just water. And it's not about the water, is it? Acts eight thirty six. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. Just water. You know, I was studying with the guys in Nigeria, and we read this passage. And one of those guys said they came to the river. That just struck me as odd. I'm from West Texas. I don't envision rivers. I envision no cow tank and no pond. It's been my vision of those guys. They come to some old pond. They vision a river. Just a river. Just water. They came to ordinary old water because it's not about the water. In Mark chapter 1 verse 5, Then in all the land of Judea, those from Jerusalem went out to him and were baptized him in the Jordan River. It's just a river. In fact, if I understand the Jordan River, it's a muddy river. You know, I know people who fly to Israel to be baptized in that river as if they're better Christians or more forgiven or somehow it's better? It's not. 
The water of baptism is never blessed in the New Testament, prayed over. It's never sanctified. No one specific body of water is ever used. It's just water. And the reason that is is because it's not about the water. It's a burial. In 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Baptism is a burial. Now, it ain't a smart thing to bury people in dirt unless they're dead. And what can we bury people in that's not too hard and fairly convenient? And water's a very logical thing. Because it's a form of the gospel. Baptism is. Romans 6, verse 16. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves to sin, yet you obeyed from the heart the form of doctrine which you were delivered. And so it pleased God for preachers to go and preach the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection, and command men and women to obey the gospel, and the way we obey the gospel is to be buried in water. Just water. And as we said last night, it's an act of surrender. We yield, and we go under. And there God performs a wonderful thing he cleanses our sin when we are buried because baptism is a burial do you not know that so many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death therefore we are buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father even so we also should walk in newness of life for if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be done away, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. It's so much more than a bath. So much more than magical water. It's a mode, it's a model, it's a form of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Because Jesus died and He was buried. And He went completely under, in a tomb. And they rolled a stone over the door. And then He was raised to new life. And death is a burial, and baptism is a burial. And when we go down under that water, it's just like Jesus going into that tomb. And just as Jesus was raised, we can be raised. Baptism is a form of the gospel, and it's a burial. And in that burial, something wonderful happens. In that burial, something wonderful happens. And so a lot of preachers today say, well, baptism's an outward show of an inward change. Because a lot of preachers, preachers preach... That if you accept Jesus, 
and you believe in Jesus, then you're saved. And they don't want baptism to be for salvation. It's got to be for something else because of the doctrine that they hold. But if you put aside the doctrines of men and you just study the scriptures, you're going to see that baptism's for remission of sins. Baptism washes away sins. And that's why preachers get up and preach that we believe in magic water. It's not about the water. It's about a new birth. It's about a change of life where a person repents and dedicates themselves to Jesus. And it's a new birth. And if it's an outward show of an inward change, then a lot of things within the New Testament are really illogical. They make no sense if it's an outward show. For instance, in Acts chapter 8, verse 26, an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, Arise, go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. Now, being a guy from West Texas, I see sand dunes. And there's probably no water there. I was puzzled by that when I was a child. Why do you go out in the desert? There ain't no water. Well, the word desert just means uninhabited. There, there weren't people out there. It wasn't sand dunes. He asked him to go find this man who's traveling. And undoubtedly, the eunuch's just traveling down the road. So he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, had come to Jerusalem to worship. Who had the charge of all her... Oh, I, I goofed up on that. Let me go to verse 28. Was returning and sitting in his chariot. He was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, Well, there's not people around here to witness your outward show. Doesn't make any sense, does it? If it's an outward show, where are the people to see this outward show? You know, there's a church back home that has a baptism party down at the local swimming pool. Why didn't they do that? Why didn't Philip say, you know, you need to go into town and wait for a baptism party? If it's an outward show. I don't believe it's an outward show. And he baptized him in the jungle, in the wilderness, where no people were, to see what was going on. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prisons were shaken. Immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, waking from his sleep, seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. And Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas, and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved in your household. 
I read that with a guy one time we were studying. <laughs> he said, I got you. He said he didn't tell him to be baptized. He just said, believe. And I said, well, I believe what it says. But I said, let's keep reading. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him. I said, I wonder what they said. I wonder what the word of the Lord is. I'm going to tell you tonight, he preached to him the gospel, the death, burial, and the resurrection. He preached to him baptism. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and all that were in his house, and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes, and immediately he and all his family were baptized. Why the middle of the night? If it's an outward show, why didn't they wait till daytime? Wait till everybody could see. It makes no sense. If they were baptized in the desert in the middle of the night, it's very illogical. I want to tell you why they were baptized in the desert and in the middle of the night. Because baptism saves you. And they needed to be saved right then. Some years ago, we were going to baptize some folks in Arkansas. They said, we'll go down to the river. I said, what river? They said, King's River. I said, let's go. We go down the river, and they all parked the cars. They turned on their headlights. I said, we can do this with a flashlight. They said, there's a lot of snakes. I said, pull them cars up closer. One of you guys want to baptize these guys? Why the middle of the night? Why the urgency? Why do you hear stories about cheap people chopping holes in the ice and pushing people down in the water? Because it's life and death. It's eternity, you see. It's the new birth. Because in baptism, we change. We become a new creature. We quit the sinner and we kill the sinner and we become the child of God. John chapter 3, verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Nicodemus had witnessed the miracles Jesus did. He had heard the teaching. And he was touched. He was convinced that this man was from God. That this man was special. That this man had the answers. And so he goes to him and he talks to him. He said, I know you're a teacher come from God. And I want you to notice what Jesus said. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Born again. Nicodemus didn't ask about that. He just said, I know you're special. I know you're from God. Jesus says, unless you're born again. And Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now, I'll be honest with you. As a young child, I read this and thought, that is the grossest thing I ever heard in my life. What in the world? Nicodemus is asking a pretty logical question. I don't understand. 
I don't understand being born again. I don't understand what that means. And Jesus is teaching him the new birth. He is teaching him the change from sinner to saint, from lost to saved, from dead to alive. Because when a child's born, they have life. When a child's born, they come into the water all wet. And the Spirit's in them, and they cry, and they have life. And he's describing a new birth. The birth of a Christian is what he's describing here. Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And I want to tell you, when you go down in that water, you're born of water. And when you believe and confess Jesus, and you are baptized... You receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you are born of water and of the Spirit. And you're clean. You're a new creature. And, and that's why we say they're a babe in Christ. Baptism is not some outward show of a change. It is the change. It is the greatest change of your life what it is Peter said repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost baptism is the point where you become a child of God a new child 2 Corinthians 5 17 therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creature Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I'm going to tell you about the day I was baptized. I heard a great sermon. A wonderful sermon. And I'm going to tell you, in the preaching of that sermon, my heart was just gutted. I felt, I felt every sin I had, I felt like my sins were just screaming to God. And I thought, if I don't do something about this, I'm going to go straight to hell. And I've got to do it right now. Right now. And I went up and I said, I've got to be baptized. I felt like I had to change. I have got to change. I cannot live like this. I certainly can't die like this. I cannot live this way. I want to tell you, when I come up out of that water... I said to myself, I will never sin again. <laughs> I didn't stick to that when it's so good. But if you've been baptized into Christ, you understand the feeling of being cleansed. The feeling of being born anew. He says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Baptism is the birth of a new creature. It's not some outward show. Oh, we see it outwardly. It is the great change from death to life. So I want to wrap this up tonight. Baptism is for those who believe. For those who can understand and believe. It is for those who repent of their sin. It is for those who will confess the name of Jesus that's who baptism's for. 
Baptism is immersion in water. It's not sprinkling. It's not pouring. I heard about some church in California that baptized in rose petals and they sprinkled you. That's not baptism. Baptism is the washing away of sins in the blood of Jesus. That's what it is. It is a burial with Jesus. It is where our old man dies and he's buried. And a new creature comes up from that water. Baptism is the new birth. You see, that's what baptism is. I'm going to ask you to get out your songbooks tonight. <clears throat> I don't know your condition tonight. We're about to sing the invitation song, and I, you know the drill. I don't know your condition, but I do know this. If I was the devil, I'd try to confuse the whole world about baptism. I'd try to make everybody confused about it, and I'd try to tell everybody it don't mean nothing, you shouldn't do it, doesn't matter. But I hope you can see tonight, through reasoning of the Scriptures, just looking at the Scriptures openly and honesty, baptism is very important. And if you're here tonight and you've not been baptized, you need to do that. You have to do If you're here tonight and you feel guilt when this invitation song comes up, if you duck your head and drop your eyes, if you say to yourself, well, I probably ought to do that, but I'll do it later, I'll do it another day, wrong. Wrong. That's what Satan wants you to do. You know what Jesus wants you to do? He wants you to come. He wants you to change. He, he's given you everything. He shed His blood that you can be clean. He's, he's, he wants you to come. And when people come and repent, all the angels of heaven rejoice. They all rejoice. Just like everyone here will. And if you're here tonight and not a Christian, you need to change. Jesus loves you. And the water's just right here. In just a few minutes, you could feel the greatest joy, the joy of salvation. Let us help you as we sing.